This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. We're finishing a topic that we began on Sunday, a discussion that we began to speak concerning on Sunday entitled, A Better Way to Pray. I'm just going to add to what I laid down on Sunday on a better way to pray. According to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18 in the Moffat translation, it reads this way. To conclude, be strong in the Lord and then the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor as to be able to stand against the stratagems of the devil. For we have to struggle not with blood and flesh, but with the angelic rulers, the angelic authorities, the potents of the dark present, and the spirit forces of evil in the heavenly sphere. So take God's armor that you may be able to make a stand upon the, uh, that you may So take God's armor that you may be able to make a stand upon the evil day and hold your ground by overcoming all the foes. Hold your ground. Tighten the belt of truth about your loins. Wear integrity as a coat of mail and have your feet shod with the stability of the gospel of peace. Above all, Take faith as your shield to enable you to quench all the fire-tipped darts flung by the evil one. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the spirit as your sword. That is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To be alive to that, attend to it unceasingly interceding on behalf of all the saints. Today, I'm talking about a better way to pray. Often we get into our places of prayer and we begin to beg God. We beg and we cry. We cry and we beg. And then we become frustrated when we don't get the results that we have prayed for. Today, I want to give you illumination on a better way to pray. I talk often about uh, I never allowed my children when they were growing up, I never allowed them to beg me for anything. If I had it, they had it. If I had it, if it was in my possession or if I was able to get it, they automatically had it. So you don't have to beg me for anything. But just out and about at the stores and shopping and just going through life, I've often seen people allow their children to beg them. And it's almost a game, and they're, they're almost happy about it. Nope, nope, nope. And that always just saddened my heart. Why would you allow your own child to beg you for anything? Listen to me. If I feel that way toward my children, and I'm a natural person full of flaws with children that are natural and full of flaws, how much more does our perfect heavenly father have regard toward us? God does not want us to have to beg him for anything. He's biting at the bit to bless you. He owns all the cattle on all the hill. And one thing about my God, he's not selfish. He 
wants to pour out blessings you don't even have room enough to receive. So then what's the problem? Why don't we pray? And when we say we're going to pray, why are we forgetful? And why do we expect answers to prayer that we've never prayed? Oftentimes, we put pressure on ourselves to be so eloquent with our verbiage when all God wants is a regular conversation with him, a conversation of intimacy. He wants to be intimate with us, and he wants us to be intimate with him. Here's a Pastor Andrea definition of Prayer. This is my working definition as we walk through this lesson. Prayer is the greatest, most dynamic expression and privilege to partner with God to get his plan, his purpose, and his promise into the earthly realm. Let me pause for a moment here. I was elated when Target chose to partner with us. Because their resource pool was way larger than our resource pool. So when they decided to partner with us, I started jumping for joy because that was 600 brand new toys that we were able to be a blessing to someone else. I want to partner with someone who can push me forward with what they have, what they know, how they can stand with me. And then it was a beautiful thing to see the cues and the volunteers and the other churches to come. And we all work together for a common goal, which was to be a blessing to our community. I'm excited. I'm biting at the bit that God has chosen us to partner with us to get his will done in the earthly realm. Oh, hallelujah. When he partners with us, do you know how much dynamic power is made available? How much healing, how much provision is made available to the children that he loved dearly? Are you listening to me? I'll go on with my my sentence, it says, we do this by having intentional, intimate conversations with God based on the word of God that can only come, I only know the word, by reading, studying, understanding, knowing it, accepting it, adhering to it, and obeying the word of God, which is the Bible. So many people say, well, I believe this and I believe that and I believe the other. And they don't have no, no substance to what they believe. I have substance to what I believe. I believe God's word. I believe that his word is true. I believe that God's promises are yea and amen. Listen to me. I believe that God is not only a promise giver, oh, hallelujah, but he's a promise keeper. He doesn't just give promises. He keeps his word. Oh, hallelujah. So when I go to God and pray, I don't pray the problem. I don't have a, a complaint session with God. I've had to spend time in the word, studying the word and listening to the word and obeying the word so that I begin to pray the promises from the word of God so that his will is done in earth as it is in heaven. I found out for myself that prayer is what keeps us strong. Prayer keeps us strong. Prayer keeps us sure. Prayer keeps us self-controlled. Prayer keeps us with self-command and with self-confidence. 
Prayer really does change things. It's the most dynamic power available, and God chose us to partner with us. You ought to be excited about it. I remember years ago, God told me that my job was the prayer part, and his job was the answering part. Well, I got it made. I have it made. All I have to do is study the word and get in the word and adhere to the word and give him his word back. And then that opens the door to allow him access back into the earthly realm. Are you listening to me? We liken this prayer, and that's why I read, I, I didn't have it written down on Sunday. I read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 from the Moffat translation because I like the way that it worded it and it helped me to have a visual it helped me to see and when you see it it can happen you have to believe to see it when you believe so much that you can literally see it then you're gonna walk in that are you listening to me so I brought our prop back out to give us a visual because I have to push you to be able to see it you have to be able to see it before you see it are you listening to me? So I brought our props back to, as a reminder of that long series that we have just come into. This long series that we've just come into about the full and the complete armor of God is seven pieces. Seven is the number of completion. So he's given us everything that we need to have good success in the earthly realm. Are you listening to me? Here's a prophetic word. I'm prophesying right now. Right now, the enemy is strategically <clears throat> coming in the form of division. He's creating divisions and schisms and isms and things of that nature. He wants to have backbiting and talking and this and that and the other and just bickering and anger. And, man, and why? So that he can halt the plan of God so that God's will won't be done in the earth. When we stand praying, when we're partnering with God, we cannot be in division. We have to be in uniform. We have to be in one mind, one strength, and no division. We have to suit up. And the only way that we can suit up is in, if we are in one accord. You've never seen a professional football team out on a, a football field, all different kind of ragtag uniforms on. They have the same uniform on so that you know who you're with. Are you listening to me? And you got to know who you with. And you've got to have this mindset that nothing, absolutely nothing is worth the power of agreement flowing in my life. So I'm standing against division right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, I'm standing against division, division, two visions, taking you one way, taking you off, off, off point, uh, taking your focus off. All of these things are stratagems of the devil, strategies of the devil to defeat you. So when you see it coming, you've got to stop it before it takes root. You can see it coming and still stand in the way. You can see a Mack truck coming down the street, but if you don't get out of the way, you're getting ran over. Are you listening to me? So when you see the strategy of the enemy to bring division, why does he want to bring division? So that your prayers will not be answered. Your prayers will be fruitless. Come on, we've got to stay in uniform, one form, one mind, one strength, and no division. Okay, here's my word. I know every prophetic word is not you're going to get a new car. Some prophetic words are words of warning. So that you know what's happening before it gets to you. 
So you, I saw you come and turn around and go right on back the other way. I'm not falling for this. I might have thought falling for it the last 15 times, but this time I'm not falling for it. I will stay in unity. You and I tied together. You and I tie. Uh, Psalm number 133 says, there, what is the there he's talking about? The place of unity. God commands a blessing. If God commands everything he commands, the Psalm number 148, 49, and 50, it says that he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. Are you listening to me? So if God commanded, there, that is so. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So we begin to talk about the Roman soldiers who were the elite of the elite of that Day, the elite of the elite of that day. Everybody was afraid of the Roman soldiers. Their reputations preceded them. They were the elite. They were the Navy SEALs of the day. They had the special uniform, the special gear. Everybody knew about them. They had a great reputation. They had an unbeatable record. So people that even were their enemies fell in line with them so that they wouldn't be trample. The Roman soldiers were strong. They were sure. They had self-control. They had self-command, and they culminated with self-confidence. They were confident, and they stood tall, and they stood sure. We learned about them, and I'm just giving you a little bit of review. We know they were well-trained. They were well-trained. They had great discipline. They had stamina out of this world. They had strict organization. Everybody knew their place. Everybody knew their spot. The Bible says that every joint supplies. That means the toe don't have any business being jealous of the nose because they serve different purposes, but the purposes help to keep the whole body uniform. Are you listening to me? So they had strict organization, and they understood organization. They understood rankings. They understood authority. Remember the centurion soldier? That meant he had jurisdiction over 100 soldiers. He went to Jesus. He said, Jesus, you don't even have to come. All you have to do is speak the word. Why did he say that? Because he understood rank and control and command. Are you listening to me? They had a knowledge of their enemies. They studied their enemies just as much as the enemies studied them. And sometimes they knew their enemies better than the enemies knew themselves. They were known as the most successful in history and the most feared army of the entire world. They spent most of their time training, or let me put it this way, they spent most of their time practicing. They spent more time practicing than they did fighting. They practiced so much, and they were always ready that they didn't even have to fight that much because they spent so much time training and practicing. They had special skills and special formations, and they could march with their full armor on for up to 20 miles. Remember, they had two-inch hobnails in their shoes. They had greaves that came up to their knees, so they had to pick their feet up, and they could march with the same cadence for 20 miles, up to 20 miles in the heat, in any kind of terrain, in one accord, in unity, with the full armor on, the whole helmet, the breastplate, the loin belt, all of the spears and the swords, the, the greaves, the shoes, they had all of that stuff on. 
they knew how to march in sequence, in unity. And they had such self-confidence because they knew they practiced. They knew they were ready to meet anybody that came to them. They were so confident when they marched that they would not even break their stride. So if you happen to get in their way, you would just get marched right on the top of. You would get trampled. Come on, you got to understand the mindset that these Roman soldiers had to have. They would take their spear and they would drive it into a tree trunk. and a, a whole tree trunk? Number one, do you understand how sharp that sword had to be? And do you understand how much force it took to drive it in and pull it back out? And they practiced, this is one of their practices, they would drive their swords in and then they would retreat. Why did they do that? Because when they drove their spear in, they retreat. You just fall on on the ground. They trample right on over you and take the spoils because you're already defeated. Are you listening to me? They punished each other if they didn't follow direction. They punished each other if they fell asleep. They drilled every single day in all weather, in all seasons, in all terrains, all times of the day and the night. They learned how to endure in times of peace so that it wouldn't be difficult in times of war. This is a part I like. They knew how to put on their full armor, listen, with patience and precision. They didn't just throw the armor on. There was a regiment that, that went with it. They, they anointed their armor every day with oil. Certain things like the, the shield of faith, they would douse it in water. They would drench it in water. Sounds indicative of the water and the washing of the word. Then they would take that. You understand how heavy the shield had to be if they douse it in water? Now it's even heavier than it was. Before And because the sun would beat up against it all during the day, at night, they would anoint it with oil. They would take time and anoint their whole shield with oil so that the elements would not cause their shield to be dry. Are you listening to me? We've got to pull our, pick our face shield back up, and we've got to douse it in the water of the washing of the word. It might feel heavy, but I cannot allow the elements to cause my shield to be dry and crumble. And then I got to anoint it day in and day out so that it can be anointed with oil. They would put this whole armor on with patience, listen, and with precision, never in panic. When you lay your shield down, you lay your greaves over here, your shoes over here, and the enemy comes, then what do you got to do? Now you got to scramble to put your stuff on. Tavon had a good example on the prayer call during our series. He said one time in football practice, something had happened to where his shoulder pads had come loose. He didn't remember whether he didn't tighten them up or he had gotten hit and they came loose. But he said his shoulder pads were flopping up and down so he couldn't run as fast. It was a revelation to me because if he had said his shoes were untied and he couldn't run fast, I understood that. But if your stuff ain't on, it's going to slow you down. You've got to have the patience and the precision on putting on every piece of this armor. I'm still talking about prayer and a better way 
to pray. When we pray, we don't just pray the problems and machine guns, all the problems, and then say in Jesus' name, amen. No, we pray the promise of the word of God. And if it's important enough to you, you'll take the time to go to the word to find where it's written. Come on, when you look at uh, Matthew chapter 4, when the enemy came to Jesus, he said, it is written. Every time the enemy came back, Jesus said, it is written. And if you remember, the enemy came back three times. So the devil just don't go away because you're big and bad. You got to stay persistent. You got to keep standing up with the word of God. He's going to come the same way that he's always came, the same way that he came in the Garden of Eden, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He's just old. He's not smart. He's old. Are you listening to me? He's going to come with the same old tricks, but that's when we have to get into the Word of God. We've got to get into the Word of God. We've got to precisely, with precision and with patience, put on everything that we need to give us the victory. If, if crying would give us the victory, we would have been one. Jesus, please. That don't work. Are you listening to me? Now, the Bible does say the effectual fervent prayer, the righteous avail, avail as much. That means there should be some kind of emotion with it, but we just want the emotion part. We don't want the word part. The emotion part is what causes us to be defeated. People don't pray because the last 10 times they prayed, it didn't work. So they stopped praying. Instead of praying the formula the way that God told us to pray, they just stopped praying. We've got to graduate from, Lord, just bless Renee, bless Tavon, bless Nadia, bless Danielle, and Jesus. We got to get beyond just bless, 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 blah, 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 blah. That sounds like a broke down uh, muffler. Blah, 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 blah. We got to get past bless, 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 bless. And we've got to get into the word of faith. Father, your word declares you've got to find the place where it is written. You've got to give him his word back, and then that gives him direct access into the earthly realm. Are you listening to me? I know I sound like I'm fussing sometimes, but it's the passion that comes with prayer. We know that they were well-trained soldiers. So I started to I ask, I said, well, what in the world happened? Them guys were bad. What happened they relaxed they relaxed relax has reference to they slacked they loosened they became less vigorous and less attentive with their daily regimen and their daily discipline you relaxed come on the devil ain't never relaxed the devil ain't never taken a day off you're going to take a whole day and a whole week and a whole weekend off from prayer? And you got a real enemy with insidious insinuations and menacing mind games coming up against you? All kinds of harassments and all kinds of strategies and stratagems? Are you listening to me? This is what the devil does. You ever heard of the game of chess? The game of chess is a thinking game. The game of chess, you move one piece with the thought, if I move here, then I know they're going to move either there or there. And if they move there, then I can move there and then this, and then I'm going to take there and this. And I'll I sacrifice this pawn because I really want this one. And it's a, a mind game. They're thinking about the strategy. They'll know they'll sacrifice a little bit right here, but their whole goal is to take all your men. 
Are you listening to me? So it's a mind game. So the enemy has menacing mind games that he starts with the vision. I'm going to cause, uh, when, when Dana whispers to Lolita, I'm going to make it look like they're talking about Brittany. Now, Brittany going to get mad, and I know when Brittany get mad, she goes and she talks to Nadia. And Nadia got to talk to Naja, and Naja and Tavon is cool. Now, we're going to have all of them against Dana and Lolita. When all Lolita was telling Dana was, oh, your purse is on the floor. It wasn't nothing about Brittany from the get-go, but the devil had a menacing mind games. He began to use insinuation. He let you do the, remember, he doesn't, he don't want to fight. Listen to me. The devil doesn't want to fight. He really doesn't want to fight because he's a coward. What does he want you to do? He wants you to self-destruct. He wants you to do your own dirty work. Are you listening to me? So he stays in the realm of division. So if he can get you in division, you're so busy talking about this and that and the other, you do more talking than you doing talking to God in prayer. Then you upset because what you the prayerless pray, prayer that you never prayed did never get answered. Then when it comes time to pray again, you think about the last 10 times that the prayer that you never prayed wasn't answered. We mad at God for prayers that we never even prayed. Or we didn't pray right? Do you know some, t- some people pray for other people's destruction? Do you think God is in that? So who are they praying to? Come on. Let's be real about this thing. There was a, there was a fall to the whole Roman Empire. I got six minutes on the clock, it looks like. A whole fall to the Roman Empire because they began to relax their regimen. They became less able, but they also became less willing. Come on, if you're willing and obedient, the Bible says you will eat of the fat of the land. But you got to be willing and you got to be obedient. Some people are willing, but they're not obedient. Some people are obedient, but not willing. You got to be willing and obedient. Listen to me. This well-trained army begin to cut short, cut down, cut off, and cut out what made them unbeatable. There are things that make us unbeatable, and we're cutting them down and cutting them short and cutting them off and cutting them out. They got to the place that they felt like the the armor was too heavy. And I've heard people say, well, it don't take all that. It doesn't take all that. It takes all that and more to be successful, to get God's will done in the earthly realm as it is in heaven. Listen to me. I want this whole city of Pontiac saved. Then I want the overflow to go to Lance and Grand Blank. Pontiac, Sterling Heights, Mount Clemens, Port Huron, and Sarnia, Canada. Listen, in every city connected to those cities as well. So you're going to tell me it don't take all that? It does take all that. But we're pressuring ourselves to pray long and pray hard instead of just praying the word of God. We're begging God and we're trying to be so eloquent with our speech instead of saying, according to your words, with the stripes of Jesus, 
we were healed, and we are healed. So, Father, I decree and declare healing over Danielle's body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. According to the word of God, diabetes can't stand against her. Depression can't, whatever the case may be. Arthritis can't stand it, whatever. Because Jesus paid it all. Come on. When I agree with God, God and I are the majority. The majority rules. But here's the problem. I've been siding with the wrong one. Women don't, other women don't like me. I can't get along with other women. You're siding with the devil. So the majority wins. Whose side are you on? I don't want the enemy's will done in the earth. So I got to watch my mouth and watch what I'm saying. I only need to say the words of faith to get God's will done in the earth. I, I, y'all got to get this. Y'all got to get the revelation right here. Let's go back to the lesson because I got three minutes and then I'm out of time. They begin to cut off and cut down and cut short the things that made them great. Now they felt like all of the weapons, all of the tools that God gave them to leverage the wind, they felt like everything was too heavy. It take too much. It's too much. So they begin to pull off the pieces of their armor. I'm going to just take this helmet off. It's too heavy. You want your whole head to be uncovered? Are you kidding me right now? They begin to take off the breastplate of righteousness. It's exposing your heart. Are you understanding me? When you expose your heart to the enemy, the enemy wants to make your heart his landfill. But as long as you have on the breastplate of righteousness, he can't get to your heart. Come on. Don't you know that the devil is a liar? And he's a convincing liar. And he will convince you that somebody did you wrong and people don't like you and people talking about you. He'll convince you that you're sick. He'll convince you that you're ugly. He'll convince you that you can't make it. He's a liar. He's a low-down, dirty liar. He's a convincing liar, but he's a liar just the same. Are you listening to me? The armor didn't get too heavy. They got too weak. Come on. If you've not been in the gym, you get weak. If you're not lifting, you don't get up and you don't walk around, you don't move your body, your legs and your muscles will atrophy. Come on. Nobody did that to you but you. You got to exercise. Are you listening to me? Things that you used to be able to pick up, now you're struggling to pick up. Nobody did that to you. A gallon of milk still a gallon of milk. It's the same gallon that it's always been. Now you're struggling to pick the gallon up. That ain't on the milk. That's on you. Are you listening to me? They got weak under this armor because they got lazy. They got lackadaisical. Edward Gibbon, who wrote the book, Decline of the Fall of the Roman Empire, he said that they're indolence. They're indolence may be considered as the immediate cause of the downfall of the empire. You're going to let indolence cause the whole empire to crumble and erode and fall apart? Indolence, meaning slow, inactive, sluggish, avoiding exertion, avoiding 
period, just avoiding doing anything, becoming listless, lethargic, lazy, lackadaisical, half-hearted, dull, tired, stagnant, lifeless. That's how they became. Remember, they were the elite. They stood, when they saw them red feathers come, everybody moved out of their way. Now they would just take their stuff off, it's too heavy, I need a break. I need a break. I just need to veg. I just need some me time. Just give me some me time. You better have you some God time because the me time got you in the situation that you're in. You need some God time. Are you listening to me? Come on. They begin to pull their stuff off. Listen, they took their loin belt off, and the loin belt holds every piece of the whole army together. Hear me right here. Not only does the loin belt hold all of the armor together, it covers the reproductive organs. What is the first thing that you're going to do with an enemy if they come against you? You're kicking them where the sun don't shine, right? So you're affecting their reproduction. The devil wants to reproduce in this next generation slothfulness, laziness, depression. He wants to re reproduce it generation after generation. You got to get a revelation that if I don't fight the good fight of faith and win on these things that are pulling me away from the things of God, that goes down to my seed. And it becomes heavier. And it has a stronger hold on them than it had on me. And not only does it do that to that generation, it gets heavier and heavier. And it's almost like the tentacles wrap around them. Now they're almost like a, a fly in a spider web. Because I didn't want to do it. It, t it was too much. She's talking about pray every day. This is what it takes. Not just for my generation, but I'm fighting for the next generation. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I won't relent. I won't back up. I'll fight. I'll bear up under the weight of the armor. I'll stay in the word of God. I will pray the perfect will of God. I will fight the good fight of faith to stay in unity. One mind, one strength, and no division. I'm over time. But today, I hope I've encouraged you with a better way to pray. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.